0: Welcome to the Building a Story Brand podcast, where we believe if you confuse, you'll lose. Noise is the enemy, and creating a clear message is the best way to grow your business. I'm your host, Donald Miller. I'm joined by my co-host, J.J. Peterson. Hi, Don. And our correspondent... Allie Trowbridge.
1: Good morning, Don.
0: Good morning, Allie. You're joining us from L.A.
1: I am. And it's raining torrentially here. First time in serious? history, I think. Yeah, That's
0: wonderful news. Isn't that good amazing. news? It's amazing.
1: It is
2: good It's news. amazing. Normally,
1: that would not be in most places, but no. that is like, really good news. <laughs> but with the news, fires yeah.
0: out there, yeah. it's not a joke. You guys have needed the rain.
1: Oh, my gosh. So bad. So bad. Just like a customer needs a great brand. <laughs> that didn't <laughs> nice work. That was a bad transition.
0: We are today, though, talking about about, just so happens, the relationship between a customer and a brand.
2: That's coincidence.
0: And the binary paradigm shift, and I know that anybody who knows me knows I'm the enemy of binaries, <laughs> so binary. we're going to make a binary statement and then tear it apart. The binary paradigm, do you build a brand for a customer, or do you build a brand with a customer? Dun, dun, dun. That's deep thinking. It is. That's really deep. And here's the difference. The difference is you know, Tim, our producer, right before we turn on recording, said, you know, Steve Jobs used to say, you know, you have to tell people what they want. They actually don't know it. Henry Ford said, if I asked people what they wanted, they would have said a faster horse. Yeah. <laughs> and the car never would have been invented. That's building a brand for a customer. Then there's this whole new ideology that Allison is going to get in today, building a brand with a customer. And I'm very curious about this. Yeah, yeah. And I want to know how it works.
1: But so much of it is listening. It's listening to your customers and creating those feedback loops and that transparency and that trust.
0: I was just out in San Diego interviewed Ken Blanchard. Ken Blanchard has a white paper on how to fix America. And we're going to do something with it. I have the interview in video and I'm not exactly sure how, yeah. to, how to cut it up or what to <laughs> do with gonna it, go, but it's yeah. going to be out there someday. Part of his rationale, it's really an amazing white paper, but it's non-political. It's completely bipartisan and it covers no issues. Yeah, It literally just says, you need to run this country like you'd run a company. You need to have a mission statement. You need to have core values. You need to have this. And one of the pillars is you need to partner with the American people in creating an effective government. And I, I thought everything seemed relatively easy, but not that.
2: Yeah. That I yeah. just went,
0: I don't know how you do that. I mean, these congressmen and senators, they're going around doing, you know, town hall lectures and getting lit up and they're listening to their constituents. But how do you actually listen to people and listen to their ideas? We just invested in something that Joel Sirby is doing out of Florida. Joel ran Evan McMullen's campaign. And Betsy and I invested in a project that he's going to do that is simply attempting to listen to the American people. Mm. So he's going to go around the country and get on video in two minutes. How would you fix the country? And I just thought that's fantastic. Yeah, but I'm very curious as to how it's going to work. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how do you involve the stakeholders in what you're actually doing? And Ali, you interviewed Tina Sharkey today. This interview is about a lot of things. It's about how to create a beautiful brand, all that kind of stuff. But she is awesome at listening to her customers. Who is she, and how'd you meet her, and what does she do?
1: Oh my gosh. So, this was such a fun one for me because I actually started out as a fan of the brand. I had bought a ton of her products. I mean, they sell. Everything on brandless. And
0: brandless is because it sounds like they white label things and then sell them.
1: It's all their own products. So, all of they have everything from pasta sauce to body lotion to gummy bear, like anything that you can imagine, they probably have, but it's all under the brandless label. And it's this direct to consumer model where they're basically cutting out the middleman and working to create a community of consumers and then serve them really, really, really well.
0: I get the cutting out the middleman. How does the creating a community of consumers work?
1: Because they really listen to their customer base and every time they come out with a new product, it's this whole community kind of conversation about does it work? How are you using it? How can we serve you better? What are your ideas for it? Like she was telling me that they didn't know that body lotion needed to be gluten free. And the customer said, we actually need to know that. And so they switched how they did the product line. And so it's kind of this like constant conversation with their tribe to serve the customers in a better way. And it all comes back to listening. And it was just fun for me to get to talk to her because I came at this as a consumer and then I actually heard her speak at an event and I said, oh my gosh, she's such a visionary. I have to get her on the Story Brand podcast <laughs> and I cornered her.
0: Well, a lot of us have figured out, if we're running companies, how to listen to our own teams. And that was actually a long, probably, process. Because if you started as a solopreneur and then you hired a bunch of people, yeah. you were just used to doing it yourself. And then you realized, I've got to actually listen to people and create a community within my team. Yeah. And maybe the next phase is creating community with your customers.
1: It's a fascinating interview. I can't wait for everyone to hear it.
0: All right, well, I don't want to wait anymore. Here's Ali's conversation with Tina Sharkey, CEO and founder of Brandless.
1: You know, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's so awesome to be here. So I would love for you to share with our listeners just a little bit of your personal background and how you came to, to start this company. And then from there, just dive into how you've created this brand. But first, how did you even begin? How did you enter the space? Well, first and foremost, you know, everything we say at Brandless, we put people first.
3: And so it always starts with people. And that starts with my co-founder, Ido Leffler. He had three day jobs. I had three day jobs. Uh, We both were like super engaged in other things that we were doing. But we met. We lived in the same community. I knew his wife. I knew his kids. And we said, how is it that we've never like started a company together? You know, we sort (laughs) of finish each other's sentences. And you're just the kind of person I would want to work with. Said, I know, I know in another life. And then I said, but wait a second, like, we're in control of that. Like, why don't we just figure it out? And (laughs) why not this life? (laughs) Why not this life? And so we uh, started meeting and just literally brainstorming on the ideas of like, you know, one of the fun things about being an entrepreneur is, you know, you try and solve problems. So what are the problems we see in the world? And how do we think we can fix it? And so the idea for Brandless really came from a collaboration between the two of us. I have a very strong background in building you know, large global communities of scale with soul at their purpose, whether that was Baby Center or iVillage or even running all of global messaging for AOL, whether they were commerce brands or content brands, they all had affinity of people that shared the same passions and purpose and other things and that were tied to the uh, connecting and uh, and scaling ideas and forming community to each other and to the world. And my co-founder, he was a serial also a serial entrepreneur but in the uh, manufacturing and CPG area so he brought tremendous product development experience but hadn't done direct consumer I brought you know tremendous direct consumer experience and community building and digital and together we both shared the idea that we could build a company for profit and for purpose mm. so was born uh, with our shared vision for how we could actually reimagine. I mean, you could say modern consumption, but just reimagine the idea that better didn't have to cost more
1: and we could
3: make, you know, incredible quality at fair prices and simplify the entire experience while doing it uh, with a community at its soul. And Mm. so I think Brandless was very much born from our chemistry and our shared vision and our shared experience of what would happen if we put all of that in the
1: soup. Mm, Beautiful. And tell us a little bit, can you give me just the high level of what the company is for the people out there who maybe haven't come across it yet and haven't enjoyed your products?
3: Oh, yes, absolutely. Brandless can be found at brandless.com. So the only way to uh, experience Brandless is to go to the website or you can follow us on Instagram or follow us on Twitter or follow us on Facebook at Brandless Life. And there you will find a curated edited assortment of the things that you reach for every day starting with what we call like the everyday essentials in food but everything has been created for you and for brandless with a filter of what we call just what matters mm. and so we take that filter and we apply it to everything that we do and we also let products be the stars so in the case of you know Oatmeal or a fair trade coffee or, you know, tubo cleaner or facial cleanser. They are what they are. So there's no false narrative at Brandless. We have a consistent way of presenting them and we created everything specifically for you. And it's all $3. Some are two for three and some are three for three.
1: That was my favorite thing the first time I went onto your website. It was like, this can't be true how is this olive oil $3 and gummy bears are $3? Like I love, love, love that aspect of it. It's so fun. Yeah, it's very, very fun. And really that intention
3: was really about simplicity. Yeah, We feel like people are really barraged by, you know, the 20,000 search results you'll get from other e-commerce sites or standing in a drugstore or a supermarket or a grocery or a department store, even a boutique for that matter, and facing a wall of choice and having to pick between what you want versus what you can afford and the house brand being like discounting it. You're doing math in your head and then by the time you get to the register, you don't even know that math anymore because you've done it (laughs) so many times. We always joke around that the price is right is still on the air 30 years later because people actually don't remember the price even though they spend so much, (laughs) what feels like a lot of time evaluating the price.
1: Yeah, that's so true.
3: And so the philosophy was simplicity Fair, transparent, all with the idea of building trust with a community that shares the value that everyone deserves better and better shouldn't cost more.
1: Mm. And
3: the number one uh, quality of brandless is not about any of our ingredients or any of our products. It's really about the idea that, you know, kindness and best intentions really do scale and we can have fun with that and we can engage our community in those conversations. But always with the idea that everyone who joins, everyone who likes what we do, everyone who shares what we do, we honor that and we celebrate that and we're so grateful. And we also uh, know that people really want to be good. People yeah. want to do tangible acts of kindness, but people are busy and it's hard to like figure out how to do it. And so every time you check out at Friendless, we've partnered with Feeding America and we will donate a meal in your honor. And that is priceless. But that Mm. also is about the idea that it's not about giving Tuesday or any big giving campaign. So we might do those too. It's really just about the everyday, awesome, everyday kind. And so we've already given away, you know, north of 1.5 million meals in just a year since
1: we were founded. Wow. Wow. So I love how you've not only woven this impact into the company, but the way that you talk about it as being transparent and, you know, items that are essential and all of this kind of magic is tied into this greater brand that you've created. I read something the other day from Seth Godin where he was saying that when you think about logos and you think about your favorite one, it's actually probably tied into a company that's one of your favorites and that the brand is so much bigger. It's It encapsulates all of these kind of core elements that you're speaking to. So I'd love to, for you to talk to us just how you began thinking about the brand of the company and how you came up with this super fun name, which I'm such a fan of.
3: When you think about brandless, think about, you know, live more brand less. Mm. It really was this idea that it's not anti-brand. It's not no brand. It's not a generic brand. It's not a house brand. It's not a private label brand. We are unapologetically a brand. Yeah, We're just reimagining what it means to be one. And we're using the ten poles of our brand attributes like Shared community values, scaling kindness, truth, trust, transparency, Mm. no false narrative. Those are like the ingredients of what makes Brandless a brand. And also it's this idea that with a billion narrators out there telling their own stories, whether it's in their social or in their platforms, It's not about that one-to-many, oh, we're going to stand at the top of the mountain and shout down like our big brand story and hope that everybody gets it. Yeah, It's really about facilitating a narrative that is really the narrative of our users and how they feel about things, and then resurfacing that to be the narrative of the brand, which is really the voices of our community. It also is sort of based on the philosophy that a brand is not what you say about yourself. Meaning, the company, it's really what a friend tells a friend. So, wait, I
1: love that. It's what a friend tells a friend. Yes, yeah, a brand is no longer what you say about yourself. Yeah, it's really what a
3: friend tells a friend.
1: That is so good.
3: And so, because that is, you know, at the very base of our DNA, we said, you know, this is a brand that wants to be friends, that wants to be a community of starting with awesome strangers and the reason why we call them awesome strangers is because strangers are people you haven't met but awesome strangers assumes best intentions assumes that the people you're going to meet are going to be awesome and so rather than sort of retracting from strangers we embrace people and we know that everybody has a contribution to make to everything that we do whether that's the way they use a product or how a recipe or a hack or a way they've shared it or a friend they can bring into it or somebody they shared it with or a story of their tangible act of kindness. Like we want to spotlight all of those people. And we believe that the way we build community is as much a part of what makes brandless brandless as the way we, you know, formulate a recipe because everything at brandless is done with intention is done with transparency and is done really in service and in honor of the community that we serve. So we think about that in everything that we do. So this brand is is actually very much defined by the people that it serves. And that makes it very pliable and very flexible. We never tell you how to feel. Nobody should ever tell you how to feel. We just ask a lot of questions like, what makes you feel cared for? What makes you feel beautiful? And our attitude is you already are. But if we're launching new beauty products, do you want to tell a different story? And so we leave a lot of blanks. It's not like a tactic or a technique that's some sort of a a graphic ploy. It's really there. So you'll write it in and share what Hmm. you want to share.
1: At StoryBrand, we always talk about making the customer the hero. And I think you guys have done that so intrinsically in the way that you fashion the company. Why did you start with community in that way? What led you to do that?
3: I've probably spent the last couple of decades really almost exclusively building communities with soul and scale as an entrepreneur, as an investor, as an advisor, and as an operator. Like community has been at the center of everything I've ever done. So Brandless was conceived as a community. It wasn't conceived as a brand. It was conceived always as a community, a community that had a shared set of values, a community that wanted an edited and curated Assortment picked by members of that community. Some of those members work here. Some of those members are in our community and sharing their ideas. And some of those members of our community are people that we partner with to manufacture stuff like we don't even use the word consumer. It's practically banned from our company. We only use that word when there's literally no other word we can use, like people. Yeah. A consumer is just a person. Yeah. So why wouldn't yeah. we just call them people? Yeah. And so we put people first. And that means whoever the person that needs to be served, whether that's a team member, whether that's a partner, like the people who pack our boxes should be able to afford our products. Oh, I love that. The people that, you know, formulate our products should be able to share our products. The community that orders our products should be able to ask for the products they want and need. And our buying team and our marketing team and our, you know, creative team should be able to respond as best as they can to the community that is part of our sharing and scaling and, you know, basically part of our United States of goodness.
1: If you were talking to somebody who was just thinking about launching a brand, what advice would you give? Because what you've done is really working. It's really resonating with people.
3: Well, it depends what they were doing. But if they were thinking of building something for, you know, the consumer space versus the enterprise space, although I think that my initial advice would be similar in both, you know, I think we spend a lot of time as companies talking a lot and I don't think we spend enough time listening. And so I would say if I was thinking about launching a company, I would listen. I, you know, fashion myself almost like a cultural anthropologist Hmm. in terms of my own passion for watching people, engaging with people and, and meeting people where they live. And so if I was starting a company, the first thing I would do is I'd want to figure out who are the alphas, the first people that would be the early members of my tribe. And then I would want to be in conversation with them. So the first thing I would do would be to maybe set up a private group on Facebook or some other place where you can actually be in dynamic conversation with the people you're trying to serve and uh, make sure you're really, really listening and asking lots of questions. Usually that early tribe will take you where you want to go. Mm. So make sure that you're not talking at them. Make sure you're not promoting to them but make sure you're actually like in sync because if in fact it really is what a friend tells a friend, then like, what are they talking about?
0: We'll be back with the rest of Allison's interview with Tina Sharkey in just a moment. Because we help so many businesses clarify their message every year, about 3000, they always come to us and say, I love my new message. I want to create a new website. In fact, I want to redo all of my marketing material. And we say, we don't do that. And I hate saying it, but we don't do it. We made a strategic decision a long time ago to not become a design agency or an advertising house. However, we do certify people to do that for you. You can go to clarifyyourmessage.com. All of these marketing agents have come to Nashville, spent four days with me, and I taught them the most effective, efficient way to do marketing for a small business, and they can do marketing for you. Just go to clarifyyourmessage.com and shop our marketing agents. Get to know them a little bit. Choose one. They're going to give you the best bang for your buck, the best return on your investment, and your marketing dollars deserve a return. Also, if you want to be a certified story brand guide, if you want to be one of these marketing agents, and you have at least two years' experience, and everybody around you says, wow, you're really amazing at marketing. Go to storybrand.com slash guide, That storybrand.com slash guide, and download our PDF called Three Skills Every Marketing Consultant Should Have. If you want to be a guide and you have experience, go to storybrand.com slash guide. If you're looking for a guide to help you with your marketing, go to clarifyyourmessage.com.
1: I love the way that you guys have touched on some of these You know, I think they're really pivotal business trends that we're seeing in the marketplace right now, like being direct to consumer and being transparent and offering affordable prices, but doing it in a way that's so accessible. How do you see the market moving and you guys kind of rising to the occasion in those ways?
3: So I would say, you know, one thing that is going to be, and it already is, but was a growing, uh, very important part of Brandless is our original content strategy which is inspired by the community and done you know with the community and so if you go to our blog that's one place but in any of our channels be it facebook or instagram or email or twitter or pinterest or our blog or our website you'll see tons of videos and recipes and hacks and ideas of like how to use things how to enjoy things and ideas from the community that we never would have thought of ourselves Mm. so a classic one of those is one day we were launching some beauty products and we had this new collection and we had you know these incredible clean facial lotions and body scrubs and all these other things and one of our community members said well what about the coconut oil you have this incredible organic coconut oil what about the organic brown sugar and we wrote back and we were like huh like, those are awesome, but we're launching all these new personal care and beauty products. They were yeah. like, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. If you mix the coconut oil and, and the organic coconut oil and the organic brown sugar, you can make like a lip scrub. And what about your organic apple cider vinegar? And we were like, what about it? They said, well, like, that's the basis of an incredible facial. We're like, well, bring it on, girl. <laughs> so like, then we went and made videos with her you know, showing you four different ways to do a DIY, you know, makeover. Oh, that's so cool. So we're doing that. And then we're also saying we had another great thing. We first launched a lot of our gluten-free collections. And then our customer service team, which is, they sent in some notes on one of our Slack channels saying, you know, someone wants to know if the EPA Safer Choice Certified Multi-Service Cleaner is gluten-free. And then the next day they said, somebody wants to know if the clean shampoo is gluten-free. And then the third day it said, Someone wants to know if the lip balm is gluten-free. And I was like, okay, wait. I was just (laughs) watching these channels. I wasn't engaging. I was watching customer service talk to some of the product development. And I was like, okay, wait, full stop. Please tell me they're, in all caps are right, please tell me they're not (laughs) eating these things. (laughs) And so they wrote back and they said, your question is exactly what we asked. And it turned out that these were not just people who were looking for gluten-free consumables. These were people who were suffering from celiac Oh. They wanted to make sure that we did not have gluten in these items because their skin was sensitive. And so wow. whether it was shampoo or, or, you know, even just, you know, multi-surface cleaner, wiping a hand on a countertop. And as it turns out, all of those products at Brandless are gluten-free, but we hadn't put them into
1: the gluten-free search report. yeah.
3: And so it's not just about the great beauty blogger who was like mixing up these DIY facial hacks. It was also just the community being able to talk to us and we talked back. We're yes. like, oh my gosh, thank you so much for that insight here, let us tell you everything on brand lists that's gluten-free. And, oh, tonight we're going to fix the search results so that all that stuff shows up in the gluten-free search, which we hadn't done before, even though it was gluten-free. Now, it's hard to do that in physical retail with a bunch of, you know, brands that that physical retailer is carrying, but they're not actually
1: making.
3: So, therefore, they don't always have the answers. It's not always clear who to talk to.
1: Yeah. It just goes back to that earlier principle you said of listening. You're truly hearing from your community and able to feedback what they're asking for. Exactly. What do you find, Tina, has been the hardest part of starting, building, growing this company?
3: Besides um, lack of sleep? <laughs> oh, no.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Honestly, I would just say the hardest thing is keeping up with the demand and scaling it quickly and maintaining the speed and the efficiency that we want as we scale to 48 states every day wow, because yeah. when you stick to 48 states every day it's not like we're scaling a digital business we're scaling a physical goods business and right. so that's been incredible and the team has done such a great job yeah um, at being responsive and uh, quickly responding to the feedback and getting back in stock and, and increasing our inventory and all of those things it's just going really fast yeah. i'd say just the speed at which we're moving but really credit to the extraordinary team that's new folks are starting every day and we want to make sure that everybody who joins our brandless team you know has the privilege of the 9 or 10 or 12 or you know 24 months of experience that the other folks have around the table mm. and how we can make sure That they have the shortcuts and they have the knowledge and the sharing in our platforms is with every new person that that joins.
1: And I mean, you have so much happening. What are you you most excited about right now? I'm probably not supposed to say this, but uh, we have an (laughs)
3: extraordinary cranberry collection coming out this fall. And so some of those products are like, hurry, 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 because I love cranberry. And I'm excited for that as a new collection across so many of our different products. that's one thing I'm excited about I know what's coming next year in the product line and so that can't come fast enough
1: Mm.
3: because it's so good yeah we're going to ship our first inbox catalog in a couple of weeks so when we launched we had about like 110 products roughly and now we're like way over 330 and you know we'll be probably at 400 by the end of the year so wow it's just the products are really great and the catalog is great because when you open your box you know, you immediately can start, you know, seeing the things you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't know they had this or I didn't know they had that. (laughs) And so that's exciting. Yeah, there's just some great products. We have some new team members that have been joining recently, and I'm excited for them to get, you know, even more up to speed because they bring such extraordinary experience to the team. And every time we have a new team member, whether it's in customer service or product, or finance or engineering or merchandising or creative or marketing. They just make us better because they're like, you know, like anything else, you get close to it. And it's always good to have that fresh perspective. We're doing a lot of lives. So on Facebook, a few a week and our buyers are the stars and they're there answering questions. We just started doing IGTV. Some of the new content that's coming out is great. And then next month, September is Hunger awareness month. And so, you know, 42 million people go hungry in this country every day. And in spite of our 1.5 plus million meals, it's barely a dent in the problem. And the problem appears to be getting worse. And so while that is not exciting, it's devastating. I'm excited to continue to scale the business and to scale the community in the hopes that we can address more people and provide more solutions and hopefully scale the tangible acts of kindness we try and do every day to reach more Mm. people with our best intentions.
1: So great. I love it. Well, honestly, looking at the company, I just feel like we are only seeing like the very, very first like scratch on the surface of what you guys are going to do. I think, yeah, we're going to be seeing a lot more brandless and I'm so excited about it and also very inspired to go back online and I think I need to go shopping again when we hang up. So. Yes, we got to go check out the knives because it's okay, still watermelon <laughs> season and
3: they are ridiculously good. And I've been making watermelon smoothies. I take chunks of watermelon, I put it in the blender with a little bit of ice and fresh mint. And i make watermelon mint juice oh my gosh so yummy and i've never done it before it's like a hassle to cut it all but now like peter who's like our lead product buyer in that area and did like this great (laughs) ig live on like the best way to cut a watermelon so uh, all weekend i was like slicing and dicing
1: (laughs) i love it i love it uh well i'm so inspired by your work and your company and just so appreciate you coming onto the podcast and sharing a little bit of your journey with us Thanks so much, Dina. Have a great day.
0: Allie, great interview.
2: Right? So fascinating. I want to order everything on this site. I know. <laughs> <laughs> JJ has been sitting here shopping. <laughs> I've been shopping. The other one's like, oh, they have cashews for $3? <laughs> yeah
0: gluten-free <laughs> <and> body <laughs> yes. moisturizer?
2: I had not known about them before this, but I <laughs> went, Ali, when you brought it up, I went on the site and I really do want to order like everything on there. I love the right? packaging because it it's very plain. Like, it you literally know, this is, is This
0: is another lesson from this interview, Ali, is that it almost doesn't matter what you sell. It matters how you sell. Ooh. Ooh. Brandless isn't known for cashews Mm-mm. or right. body right. rub or whatever, yeah. right? They're known for community.
2: Yeah, Yeah. this whole way of doing great products, which is really, you know, when we talk about it in the story brand framework, that's part of setting yourself up as a guide is you are an expert in this space and you exhibit empathy. And so that's huge with Brandless is they listen to their customers, they respond to their customers. And what they're saying by doing that is. We understand your problems, we understand the things you're going through, and we have the ability to fix it. So they're pairing empathy and authority together Mm. and really positioning themselves as a guide for any product that their customer is looking for, that is not in fancy packaging, they're not paying for extra packaging, they're not paying for extra design, they're paying for the product itself, and it's a good, solid product. And that's how to position yourself well as a guide. Empathy, listening to your customers, hearing their problems, and and for real responding to them. Them empathetically and say, oh, you are running into problems with gluten in body moisturizer. In body moisturizers. Whatever, yeah. We understand this and we're going to fix it. We have authority to fix it. And yeah. so they're really positioning themselves very well as the guide here.
0: Right. Allie, you're starting a company or you've started a company called Copper. Yeah. Publishing empire in the making. <laughs> when you did this interview, when you actually had a conversation with her. What did you turn around and say, I want to do this with Copper?
1: You know, I think it's building a company with the customer as your central focus. I think we we so often get focused on building what we want to build and the brand that we want rather than putting our customer at the center of everything and creating all the feedback loops for that open, transparent conversation. And I think it made me much more open-handed with um, feedback loops in general and talking to users about the experience that they want and then rapidly changing and evolving.
0: Well, practically the way we do this at StoryBrand, if you come to a StoryBrand workshop, you get a survey shortly thereafter. And I think you get one with the online workshop Mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. You get a survey after, and we comb through those. And then if anybody orders a private workshop, they take a survey and my assistant actually sends me that survey. So I actually read... Every interaction that we'll do—that would be the, the very most basic, right? But then from there, you could go to focus groups. You could do all sorts of things. But if you don't have feedback loops built into your buying process, you're going to want to do that. Fantastic interview. A lot to learn there. Good talking to you guys.
2: Yeah, good always to see you, good Don. to be with you.
0: <laughs> always good to be with you too. We're coming up on what Christmas
2: is coming up. I know. Wait, are you going anywhere? Yeah, Southern California and then Northern California.
0: Allie, where will you be?
1: Waiting here for JJ to come visit. (laughs) Yes. In LA? I'm actually going to Rochester, Minnesota for Christmas.
0: Ooh, that sounds very Christmassy.
1: I'm hoping for snow. I'm packing my snow boots.
0: That's going to be awesome. Betsy and I are staying home. We had 20, close to 20 people for Thanksgiving. Yes. (laughs) We've had a 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. schedule every day (laughs) for as far back as I can remember, including today. (laughs) And we're just not going to do anything. Yeah, but we're going to L.A. for New Year's to hang out with Ali Trubert. Woohoo! Yeah, so if you're at the Rose Bowl, swing by Section 72C. <laughs> <laughs> That's That's not, say hello because we'll be there. Not a section. Not a section. <laughs> <laughs> just, I'll be one in the hat. Yes. Hopefully in the you, hat. Look for <laughs> the one in the hat. <laughs> yeah, we have wearing the hat because I'm a big fan of sports balls. <laughs> listen, music from this episode is by Andrew Bell. You can listen to Andrew's latest EP, Dive Deep, Hushed, on Spotify and on iTunes. Thanks, as always, for listening to the Building a StoryBrand podcast, where we believe if you confuse, you'll lose. Noise is the enemy, and creating a clear message is the best way to grow your business.